Welcome back. Wasn't that nice? Uh, thank you to uh, whoever that was. Uh, <clears throat> that link, the beginning of that is what you just heard. And uh, the words, <clears throat> excuse me, that you saw, though uh, maybe out, out of sequence, you know how it is when, you, when you're translating something from a, from a language that's not English. Sometimes word order is a little bit unusual, so <clears throat> we'll allow uh, Upadhyaya Amar Muni to translate that better for us. But before we get started, <clears throat> excuse me, before we get started, if this is your first time seeing me, then it's better to start here. That'll take you to the whole playlist for Edward Reed's Buddhist Books podcast. By the way, hello to you who are listening, who, um, who hear and see nothing when I say click here because you're on a podcast. I hear you. I acknowledge you. Um, and, uh, of course, I'm talking to the people watching on YouTube. I'm not intending to, you know, imply that they have any greater status or anything. It's just actually you probably maybe know um, this was a YouTube series for a long time, like months, I don't know, six months before I decided to make it a podcast as well. <clears throat> so old habits die hard, as they say. Um, but if you're definitely here, you clicked it because it said Jay and Sutra, and you were like, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, and you're a little confused because it says Buddhist books, Jay and Sutras, and you're wondering about that, then click here, and that'll take you to a playlist that starts with episode one of the Jay and Sutras on Edward Reed's Buddhist Books podcast. And it'll give you a very nice breakdown as to why we're <clears throat> looking at the Jay and Sutras Anyway, uh, let's get right to it, shall we? This is the Samyaktva Sutra. That was what you heard or saw or both at the very beginning of this episode after the, you know, the drums on the beginning of Hanya Shingyo. Um, so that translates as the Sutra of Right Faith. So since you just heard it, I'm not going to uh, butcher it with my horrible pronunciation and I will go through, I mean, I, I, I will mention a couple things. One thing I want to mention, for those of you who've diligently been listening to this entire thing, you remember back when we were reading the Lotus Sutras and I kept saying, who are the Jinas? Those are the spiritual victors. Just now, when it said spiritual victors, uh, that, that was a translation of Jina or Jinas. Um, and when it said victors, that was the Arhantas, the same ones that we were talking about in the Namaskara Sutra or the Navakara Sutra. Either one will do. Um, one means like greetings and the other means nine, something like that. Anyway, um, yeah, okay. I think that's about all the stuff I need to go into for that. Uh, for now, for now. Um, so the meaning... <clears throat> you know, other than just the translation of the words, just to run through it. The Arhantas are my gods. The virtuous monks are my gurus. The reality as propounded by the jinas, who have transcended the shackles of attachment and aversion, is my dharma. 
I adopt this vow of right vision for life. All right. I mean, from a certain point of view, you could say at least they're real. Not to say that the gods aren't. You know, some of them are, surely, right? Anyway, um, again, I see little bits of hints of Christianity in this, and I can't help but think, maybe he did go to India. But anyway, <clears throat> we won't go too far afield. Analysis. The Samyatva Sutra is the very foundation of Jainism. It helps the auspicious soul emerge from the darkness of ignorance and move towards the light of self-knowledge. It is the base, the foundation of all sadhanas, or spiritual practices, performed by the aspirant. Penance, restraint, renunciation, rules, and vows. If right faith is not followed, then other religious pursuits are considered actions of ignorance and not of true religion. Thus, they increase the shackles of worldly life rather than reducing them. Next section. Primacy of right vision. The first condition for attaining the state of a true shravaka, or that of a true monk, is right faith. Without right faith, any extent of practical conduct has no meaning. A number of zeros will have no value if no non-zero digit precedes them. Oh, I like his math analogies. Uh, by, but by the support of a non-zero digit, a zero can become tenfold in its value. What's ten times zero? Quick. Sorry. Uh, so also, with the support of right faith, conduct necessarily becomes resplendent in its fullness. In the absence of right faith, a person cannot even claim to have wisdom, let alone conduct. A person may know the deepest mysteries of different philosophical systems of Nyaya or Sankhya. He may create a thousand inventions in the fields of science. He may write commentaries on profound religious scriptures. But... If he does not have the right faith, he can only claim to have knowledge, not wisdom. There is a lot of difference between knowledge and wisdom. For those of you who think philosophia means love of knowledge, look into that, because there is a lot of difference between knowledge and sophia. All right, anyway, uh, a knowledgeable man's point of view is inclined towards this outer material world, but a wise man's is inclined towards the inner spiritual world. Thus, the former uses his knowledge to become rooted in worldly goals, but the latter uses his wisdom to become focused in spiritual goals. This venerable worship of truth is not possible without the right faith. Therefore, Lord Mahavir clearly expounded in his final discourse at Pavapuri, quote, He who is devoid of right faith 
cannot attain knowledge. One without knowledge cannot achieve conduct. One without conduct cannot achieve emancipation. And one without emancipation cannot reach the state of nirvana. Narasanisa nanam nanena vina na hunti karanaguna agunisa nati moko nati amokasa navanam. End quote from the Sutta Suttara Dhyayana Sutra twenty eight. Slash thirty. Okay, that must have been what the quote was. Anyway, three states of the soul. To understand what samyaktva is, let us understand that all souls in this world are divided into three states. Is it like a clover? External self or Bahiratma, Inner Self, or Antaratma, and Supreme Self, or Paramatma. Okay, sidebar, Atma. Okay, they all end with Atma. So, the first one starts with Bahir, the second one, Anar, the third one, Param, External Self, Bahir. All right. Inner self, Anar. Inner, Anar, inner. There's one, maybe one of those uh, Proto-Indo-European root phenomena. Supreme, Param. 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 All right. Bahir, Anar, Param. Bahiratma, Anuratma, Paramatma. All right, let's see if we remember that. Okay, in the first state of external self, or Bahiratma, the purity of the soul is tainted by vision-deluding karmas. In parentheses, Mityatva Mohaniya karmas. Okay, so that means vision-deluding karmas. Which, by their rise, make the soul perceive an object or action as it is not. Thus, the foul, excuse me, thus the soul, not the foul, though sometimes, surely, the soul is foul, but moving right along. Thus, the soul is continually trapped in wrong resolves and matters of material pleasures as its ideal and wastes its energy in trying to attain them. Such a soul never looks towards the right resolves. He feels animosity toward the right path and is drawn towards the wrong path. This is the nature of the external self. How many nights have you spent sleezing around in bars? Be honest. It's okay, no judgment here. Little judgment. No, no judgment. In the next state 
of inner self or anaratman, the decline of these vision-deluding karmas leads to ksayopasama. Cytoplasm? No. Ksayopasama. Or destruction and subduance of karmic matter, allowing the soul to become illuminated by the light of right faith. Here, the soul confronts the true religion, not the brand, uh, the true religion of the soul, experiences detachment from material joys, drawn towards the nature, the true nature of the self, and feels the awakening of oneness between the soul and the supreme soul. Thereafter, as the cloud of the conduct deluding karmas, or karitra mohaniya, begins to clear, the soul, in its clarity, turns away from external forms and becomes focused on its inner form, conquers the blemishes with its evolution, adopts vows and restraints, and attains the state of a true aspirant and a true sadhu. Not just those creeps that wear orange and hang around and you know, harass young lady tourists. Those aren't real sadhus. Those are just people wearing orange. Just so you know, that happens. If you come to India, don't expect everybody with a beard wearing orange to be a true sadhu. That's all I'm saying. I don't think anybody would disagree with me. The third state of Paramatma is the supreme state. As the soul develops its spiritual qualities and attains its innate form, it destroys the blemishes caused by knowledge obstructing and other negative karmas. It is finally illuminated with the light of Kevala Jnana, as J-N-A-N-A, -N -A, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm hope? Yeah, I'm hope I'm pronouncing. That's English. And Kevala Darshana. Then it attains the supreme state of Paramatma. This is the nature of Paramatma in Jayana thought. Gunasthana, a pointer to self-evolution. Sorry, it's impolite. Gunasthanas are the 14 stages. Ooh, does it involve falling three times and stripping naked and getting your hands? Uh, okay, the 14 stages of spiritual, does someone wipe your face partway through? Do you get to meet your mother? You know what I'm talking about? If not, I'm sorry, it's a Catholic thing. Okay. Gunasthanas, Gunasthanas are the 14 stages of spiritual development in Jaina thought. The first, second, and third stages refer to the state of Bahiratma. The fourth to twelve stages, the fourth to twelve to twelfth, the fourth through twelfth, the fourth to twelfth stages indicate the state of Anaratma. The thirteenth and fourteenth stages refer to the supreme state of Paramatma. Actually, that lines up rather nicely. Just for those who are familiar with it, you know, you're speaking English, maybe you're familiar, maybe you've seen it somewhere, or you've 
ever. Maybe you've been to Jerusalem, I don't know. But so the first through third, that would be, uh, uh, let's see, uh, uh, I've forgotten the Latin, it's been a few years. Um, condemnator, uh, Yesu mortem ad condemnator, something like that. Um, anyway, Pontius Pilate condemns Christ to death, right? Washes his hands and says the Jews did it, right? You remember that. Um, source of anti-Semitism and that whole thing. So, yeah, that's the first station. Second station, Jesus takes up his cross. And uh, the third station, Jesus falls for the third time. So, one through three is Bahiratma, the external self. Then the fourth, that's where he meets his mother. Through the twelfth, that's where he uh, dies on the cross. That's really interesting. That's the, uh, the internal self, or antaratma. The thirteenth is the pieta, or the, you know, Virgin Mary holding the corpse, you know, of, of the Lord. Different Lord. I mean, there's no real Lord in this. But anyway, they don't call them Lord, at least not yet. Um, well, they call them God, close enough, right? Uh, okay, or a god, lowercase g. And then, so the 13th and 14th, the Pieta and the, uh, and the tomb, right, are the, I'm trying to remember it, uh, Panamatma, did I get that right? Paramatma, Paramatma, okay, okay. So just a little uh, mnemonic device for the Catholics uh, or, or ex-Catholics that are watching. Now you can remember one through three, 4 through 12, 13, 14. You're welcome. Okay. Every aspirant comes, yes, I'm saying it that way on purpose. Every aspirant comes out of the state of the external self of or biratma and enters the first state of inner self or antaratma, i.e. the right faith. It is here that he encounters the real light of truth. You ever seen that episode of South Park where all the people are in hell and it's, oh, it turns out it was the Mormons. The Mormons had the right faith. Dough! <laughs> anyway, that's a different cartoon. The dough. Anyway, uh, this is a little silly, by the way, for those who didn't take my advice and are watching this as their uh, introduction, introductory episode to this uh, series. Okay, they, they all enter the right faith, right? Okay, every aspirant. Okay. It is here that he encounters the real light of truth. This is the fourth stage of gunasthanas, known as right vision. From here, the aspirant reaches the state of the true sravaka in the fifth gunasthana and that of the true ascetic in the sixth. So if I recall correctly, then that means when he meets his mother on the path, that's when he sees the true light of, uh, of truth. He becomes a true Sravanka when Veronica wipes his face, and he becomes a true ascetic when he's talking to the daughters of Jerusalem, right? I think. The seventh through the twelfth stages indicate the spiritual evolution of the monk. In the 12th stage, the Mohaniya 
or the deluding karmas are totally destroyed. And there's a thunderclap and, you know, 12th, station 12. Okay, that's easy to remember if you know the 14 stations of the cross, that is. Uh, when this happens, other karmas that cause hindrance in daily life, antaraya, to knowledge, jnana sorry, jnana and vision, darsha-varaniya, are also destroyed. Herein, the aspirant reaches the 13th stage. He is now a jina in the state of detachment, beyond attachment and aversion, pieta. In the 13th stage, he undergoes the remaining karmas, such as ayus karma and vedaniya karma. And finally crossing the 14th stage, he attains the state of the eternal, immortal Siddha, or the Paramatma, Paramatma, appropriate for the tomb. Um, this is the final stage of evolution of the soul. Here he attains that fulfillment beyond which there is neither evolution nor regression. Next section. Niskaya Vyavahara, the real and practical standpoints. The meaning of Samyaktva, or right faith, in brief, is discrimination. We've talked about that before. It is the discrimination between the inert and the living, the animate and the inanimate, if you will and between the tooth, T-U-T-H, and untruth. Here I am, Tom, fix your typos, just saying. Between the tooth and the untruth. They mean the truth and the untruth. Okay, just poking in the ribs a little bit. All right, among these, Right, okay. That, that leads life on the right path. Okay, so the discrimination between the truth and the untruth leads you on to the right path. Right? That kind of discrimination is good, right? So we need to discriminate between the good discrimination and the bad discrimination. Okay, not really, unless your mind is... Anyway, walnut-sized. Uh, walnuts do look like little brains. All right. In the scriptures, Samyaktva has been divided into many types. Among these, the one that, like in uh, the RC, RCIA, they've got like the 57 different types of faith. Anyway, among these, why is this one like a Catholic heavy one? I don't know. Among these, the one that is most important is that of the real and practical standpoint. The soul which is born from spiritual evolution becomes interested in understanding all that needs to be known. Gnaya, J-N-E-Y-A, Gnaya, Gnaya, 
It's like the ng, the i, you know, in ing, there's like running. So start a sentence with the ng. Ngea, right? You with me? Ngea, or knowledge of true concepts such as soul and non-soul. Okay. Is that all the definition of ngea? Or anyway. It refrains from actions and thoughts to be shunned. Heya or sins, such as violence and untruth. Oh, all right, yeah, I'll acknowledge that those are sins, usually. Um, okay. And adopts the path of spiritual enhancement, upadeya, or the right path of vows, principles, and regulations. Because that's the right path. Say, not saying anything. Such a soul is known as Niskaya, Samyaktva, or the soul with real right faith. The real right faith. The practical right faith is primarily faith oriented. One would assume, right? Thus, to shun the wrong God, wrong teacher, and wrong religion. And to keep firm faith in the right God, right guru, and right religion are aspects of the practical right faith. Well, f*** all this. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yes. So, practical right faith is thus the external form of real right faith. Faith is that which emerges from the heart on seeing the evolution of spiritual energy in another being. Let's read that again, because it didn't immediately sink in. All right. Practical right faith is thus the external form of real right faith. Faith is that which emerges from the heart on seeing the evolution of spiritual energy in another being. That's faith. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll buy it. That's a, okay. That's a definition of faith. What about hearing about it? Huh? it says Thomas. Doubting Thomas, right? Mm -hmm. No. Uh, he who, he who believes without seeing is even more blessed than you, Thomas. Sorry, I didn't mean to do like a faux gay thing there. That's sort of like an arcane form of humor, isn't it? I grew up watching Eddie Murphy. That's not an excuse. It's just an explanation. I'll try to behave myself. A lot of gay friends. Anyway, faith is not just an affirmative of the significance of great beings. It also includes an intellectual affirmation of them. All right. Thus, it can be stated in brief that, quote, the real right faith is an inner vision of the self. Okay, let me start that again. Quote, the real right faith is an inner vision of the self, is oriented inwards, and is primarily experiential. But, but practical right faith incorporates faith in God and guru, hence it is proven from the external viewpoint 
also. There's no end quote there, but I can tell they, they should have had one. Another typo. Um, the real right faith. So there's real and practical. Real right faith is an inner vision of the self, is oriented inwards, and is primarily experiential. But practical right faith incorporates faith in God and guru, hence it is proven from the external viewpoint also. So in the words of the Namaskar Sutra and this Sutra, we're talking about practical right faith. One assumes it leads toward real right faith eventually. It reminds me of the, uh, the, the external initiation and the internal initiation, not to be confused with the 00 and the 5-6, but like a, 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 an external 00 and an internal 00, right? Equinox, confession of a hierophant, anybody? All right. In this text, we will just read the part you're not supposed to... Oh, no, it's not in that part. It's not in the part you're not supposed to read. Uh, it's, I mean, you can read it. It's in Regardi's book. But it's, uh, yeah, after the new Hierophant is installed and then the Imperator calls upon him to make a confession and he stands up and he says, ah! I think uh, there's an Esoteric Nerd episode where I read it once. Episode 10 or 11, something like that. Way back. Anyway, in this text, we will also discuss whom one can have faith in whom one should consider as guru, and what one can consider as religion. The I'm sorry, I'm giving the church lady look. Anybody old enough to remember the church lady? Satan, the aspirant, takes the vow, quote, Arhantas are my god, the virtuous ascetics are my gurus, and the religion prescribed by the jinas is my religion. All right. I like it. I mean, I like it with qualifiers. I don't need to get into all my little qualifiers. I think by now, if you've heard, if you're caught up, if, you, if, if, if this is the 40th episode of this uh, series that you've heard rather than the first, then you probably already know what I would say, what my, what my conditional qualifications are. I admit I am a little stunted in my free-flowing... Uh, uh, talking by the fact that while there are, as this would say, hundreds, thousands of trillions. Oh no, that was that was something else. That was that was the Padmasambhava thing. As Padmasambhava might say, there are thousands of trillions of channels talking about Buddhism, but there's only like I don't know a few hundred talking about Jainism. So I've I've noticed. Um, that when I'm looking for like Jainist things, it recommends these episodes to me. I mean, when I'm on a different channel, not the regular channel. Anyway, so so I think there might actually end up being people who are like devout Jainists, Jain Jains, devout Jains um, in India who maybe speak English well enough to understand what I'm saying, who are like watching this like. What's this guy about? What's he saying? Is he making fun of us? Is he criticizing us? No, that's not my intention. The context in which I'm watching this, if this is the first episode you're watching and you fall into that category, is I want to know what the Buddha learned before he was the Buddha, basically. And that's what I explain in that episode, this episode, uh, part one of, uh, of this series.
watch that if you haven't. Um, to everyone else, I'm sure you already know, you know, I, I, I fall into every time that it says, you know, a person with knowledge that lacks true religion and devotion and does not adhere to all the rules and stuff is a fool. And it's like, okay, okay, I'm a fool. You know, uh, a person who reads the Lotus Sutra and does not kiss its arse, it, you know, and who criticizes it openly to the public is going to the Avicii hells. Okay, okay, I'm going to the Avicii hells. You know, I fully acknowledge I'm not claiming to be wise and I'm not claiming, again, I'm not claiming to be a teacher. At best... I'm like an assistant teacher, like a student council, you know, like volunteer, you know, like a like a student, you know what I mean? Like a student who's like helping other students, not a teacher, right? Um, I don't know if I'm going to graduate this course. I might not. You might graduate, but I might not. That's kind of where it's at as far as that goes. Not teaching this stuff. Okay. I'm not wearing, uh, when I was looking, I was looking up this, this sutra that we're going over in this episode, and there were a lot of people wearing this little white thing here, and I, I haven't looked into what that is yet, but it's interesting. Anyway, all right, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you learned something and got a chuckle. Hi, Robbie. Um, he's the one person I know is definitely going to be watching this, um, and everyone else. It's a surprise. Um, feel free to say hello below if you're watching this on YouTube. And to everyone on the podcast, I hope you have a great rest of your drive, unless you're pulling in right now into your parking spot, in which case, uh, good luck today. Or if you're on your way home, congratulations, you got through the day. And uh, all right, the next time you see me, the background will be different. Until then, we'll close in the usual manner. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us, and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.